0: When we finished our last episode, Heike Jadviga and his little baby brother Arne had fled the Soviet advance into Estonia, and we are now going back in time to take a look at Edward's diary and look at the struggles he faced on his mission to reunite with his lost family. The diary is quite long, but not from Edward putting in abundant amount of information, but due to the fact that he was gone for over three years. I will try to condense it down as best I can, and therefore I will try to leave out Edward's emotional state, which of course, with the separation from his family, the exile, the uncomfortable conditions, the hunger, and the cold, was not good. On July 27, 1941, the men being deported to Siberia were ordered to assemble at the Hippodrome. A harness racing track in Tallinn that was established in 1923 and is still there today. The location of the assembly point is interesting to me because in the late 1990s, the rugby team I played on, the Estonian nomads, practiced there. The Hippodrome is just a few hundred meters from Edwards and the family's home on Kanekese At 10 p.m. that evening, the men arrived at the harbor. On Monday, July 28, 1941, From midnight to 1.30 a.m., the men boarded the passenger cruise ship, the Joseph Stalin, and Edward, along with Efka, Edward's friend and neighbor, were placed at the bottom of the ship, which Edward described as being like an ant's nest because of the overcrowded quarters. At 4 a.m., the ship departed Tallinn. At 5.30 a.m. on Tuesday, July 29th, the cruise ship arrived in Leningrad where a large group of the men on the ship were unloaded. The men that stayed on board played cards, and Edward won 80 rubles. By Sunday, August 3rd, the men were off the ship and onto Russia's famous or infamous train network. The train stopped off at a large city named Kirov that is well past Moscow and only 400 kilometers from the Ural Mountains. In Kirov, the Estonians on the train met up with more Estonians that were exiled from Estonia via the eastern city of Narva by train. On Tuesday, August 5th, 1941, was the last diary entry Edward logged for a good period of time. He writes that he is severely ill, and then he arrives at the Siberian camps. While in camp, he no longer keeps his diary, as he believes that it is too dangerous for him to do so. When Edward makes his next entry, it is January 24th, 1942. He writes about selling some sugar and buying tobacco. His quest for tobacco will get many mentions over the next several years, as smoking was one of the few pleasures he was allowed. Here he also mentions that he received his winter clothes, which were needed for overseeing the guards at the camp in Siberia. On Friday, February 6th, some of the men in the camp departed by train. At this point, it appears that the men at the camp were seen as useful to the Soviets and were therefore mobilized. The following day, it was Edward's turn to leave and he states that his mood is a little bit better. On Friday the 13th of February, he arrived in another camp. It appears to be a distribution center. There are large huts, accommodating 200 men in which they slept on wooden bunks like shelves. The following Saturday, he writes that he has chosen the Pioneer Regiment to serve in, along with his best friend Efka, was still with him. They were allocated a cold hut to sleep. On Sunday, February 15th, Edward is able to take a sauna, which won't be his last as this is mentioned many more times in his diary over the coming years. After the sauna, he is given his Red Army uniform, which makes Edward feel a bit proud and looking sharp. On February 16th, training starts for the new soldiers. Cigarettes are not available, and he complained about being crammed in like matchsticks in the hut. The next entry isn't until April 6, 1942. He states that he has just finished a two-hour march, and when finished, his shoes were pretty much ruined and he expected a new uniform soon, which he eventually received. Throughout the rest of April, Edward stays at this location. He is able to train with a rifle, and he admits he wasn't the best shot. He writes that he was saddened by his situation. But in his next thought, he states that he has made his heart to stone so that he could survive. In this period, he mentioned being sick of often having diarrhea. On April 27th, he states that he dreamed of Jadwiga the previous night, and on the same day, he went to visit Efka in the hospital, who was apparently injured now. During this time, and into May, Edward's job was transporting the injured via a horse-drawn cart ambulance. So he spent a long time tending to horses, and in some days, the camp would clear out for maneuvers. Well, he would stay back, feed the horses, and take lunch. On Wednesday, July 22, 1942, Edward writes, Today is Heike's birthday. I am sending him thoughts, wishing him a happy birthday, and good thoughts from over 2,000 kilometers away. Does he have any idea where his father is? Here it is 6 a.m. At home in Estonia, it is 3 a.m. I am on guard duty. Weather cloudy and windy. Memory is starting to fade about home. My head is hardly working at all. You are numb. Couldn't care less about life anymore. Just one thought is clear. When and how will I get away from here? On Wednesday, July 29th, Edward was transferred to the 1st Battalion, whose purpose was to destroy tanks. Rumors swirled around the camp and activity seemed to increase. On Friday, July 31st, a handwritten letter by Stalin delivered to the camp was read out loud. The letter stated that the men were not allowed to retreat. On August 5th, the men were shipped off to a collective farm to help bring in the crops. There, Edward received fresh vegetable soup and a cucumber. The first of both for a very long time. The work was hard at the collective farm. The workday would normally start at 4 a.m. and continue to 9 p.m., but at least they received a better quality food while the portions were still meager. He was able to trade some unneeded clothes for fresh farm bread, eggs, and a full glass of tobacco. On August 12th, the men were performing normal training when a man showed up with orders. They were to head back to camp and to start packing. At the camp, it became clear that they were to be sent to the front lines. Edward states, the news hit like a bombshell as no one was expecting it soon. The men later assembled in the parade square where they were given a speech and wished well. The men stayed at camp for a few more days before going to the train station and departing on August 15th from Alensky train station, 700 kilometers southeast of Moscow. After four days on the train, they were only 100 kilometers from Moscow. The following day, they arrived at a train station where they were offloaded and marched into the forest to make camp. In the forest, the men collected branches to make their own huts for shelter. The weather was warm and pleasant. On Friday, August 21st, the men trained on light machine guns before marching to town to take a sauna and buy some fresh food. The following evening, Edward reported it was too cold to sleep. He was in a foul mood. In the distance, he heard the band playing Fisherman's Son, but he wasn't in the mood to celebrate. The time in this new camp was bad for Edward and the men. It was cold at night, and they slept in the woods. Three times a day, they were fed nothing but barley and macaroni porridge and 400 grams of biscuits. Edward wrote that he was hungry like a wolf. On the 27th and 28th of August, the men went again to a collective farm to help bring in the crops. There, at least the porridge was a little thicker, and bigger portions were given. On Sunday, August 30th, the men were back at camp. The following day, they were going to practice an attack. Edward's shoes were worn through the sole, and so he was excused from maneuvers. That evening, he borrowed a pair of shoes and went to town to watch a film called Fighting for Leningrad. August 31st, Edward was assigned to a teaching battalion. It was time for a new place for him to camp. Tuesday, September 1st, 1942, Edward is given a new post in the bureau, as a messenger, delivering items, whatever needed, back and forth. On Thursday, September 3rd, Edward reports that his clothes are worn thin, and he was able to see Efka again. He had recently been promoted to lieutenant. Friday, September 11th, it's maneuvers for the whole division. First time ever for such training. Steady jogging over 20 kilometers until we reach our destination. After, he went under a tree and took some sleep, exhausted. Over the next few days, the men camped in the field. I'm not coming close to mentioning every time Edward complains about stomach trouble. On September 15th, frost is all over the field in the morning. No sleep is to be had because of the cold. On the following day, the men are able to be housed in a nearby village. The men stayed in the village taking a sauna whenever possible until october twenty third, when they departed for the railway station to take them to the front lines. Edward was happy that, that his cattle car had a cast iron wood stove, that they would at least keep warm. The conditions on the train were cramped and uncomfortable. Edward's hips were aching from sleeping on the wooden floor of the cattle car. They arrived on the outskirts of Moscow, but they didn't see the city, and they didn't leave the train when it stopped. Wednesday, November 4th, Edward writes, We are in Megliveyevos. Well, what a mess. Mud and shit without mercy. His mood does improve later that day, and apparently the men were able to make a sauna on the train. It is amazing to me how many saunas this common soldier took. The sauna must have been a lifeline for these men. I wonder if the Germans were able to utilize the sauna as effectively on the eastern front. I doubt it. On Friday, November 6th, the train passes through a nameless city in ruins from the war. On Saturday, the 7th, the train stops for the night at a station. German bombs shake the cars the men shelter in. Edward has guard duty that day, no bread rations and no tobacco. Edward and the men got off the train. Late Saturday night, Edward and some men entered a house at 5 a.m. looking for warmth. The men left the house at 8 a.m. and they wandered through a couple villages looking for their regiment. These men were arrested when they came across Russian soldiers and taken to the city where luckily for Edward, his leader found and rescued him. By lunch on Sunday the 8th, Edward was back with his regiment, digging his new home into the forest floor. Branches were placed on the ground for comfort, and smoke filled the frigid air. That night, they finally received two days of bread ration. The only way to get tobacco in town was in exchange for salt. On Wednesday, November the 11th, the men were on the march, 10 kilometers, They stopped in the forest and dug a new home for themselves. Edward stated that without digging the hole, the frost would get them. On Wednesday, the 23rd of December, Edward writes, By lunchtime, we arrived in Kalining, the end of a tortuous journey. I will never forget this journey as long as I live. Arguing with each other, shouting, screaming, moaning all the way here. During the night they managed to unload us at some barracks. December 24th, 1942, Edward spent his Christmas day lying on a dirty floor. His beard is long and unkept, and he felt like a tramp. The following day, Edward finally reached the hospital. His clothes were taken away, and his beard was shaved off, and finally he was given a bed in which he could stretch out, and it felt good. The hospital became less comfortable over the following days, as the enemy bombs shattered the windows in the hospital, and the cold Russian winter settled into Edward's room. On july first, nineteen forty three, Edward wrote in his diary New Year, what will it bring? Began normal. At three AM ate three hundred grams of bread, soup, spoonful of sugar, and a few fried potatoes with salted fish. I rolled a cigarette and lay down again. The time is exactly 12 by Moscow time. We are waiting for lunch. Received 100 grams of spirit and pouch of tobacco as present. In the evening, names were called out. Uniforms on and take to the railway station by car. They have lost or stolen my uniform belt, gloves, and shoes. I got old shoes. We were placed on the cattle trucks. Sacks to sleep on, and blankets. Edward was on the train for a couple days until he reached a small town two hundred kilometers northeast of Moscow and a convalescent hospital on Monday, January 4th, where he was given a clean bed where he could begin to feel like a human again. Though his leg could not support any weight, he began to feel a little better. There wasn't much happening in the ward in January. And then the diary isn't written in until April. On the 7th, he writes, Unbelievably nice warm day. I went out for the first time in three months to take some sun. I saw a colorful butterfly and listened to a song. What kind of feelings are in my head? I don't know how to describe them. Today is Manya's birthday. I am wishing her a happy birthday. I went for a sunray treatment today. Just returned from lunch, now under blankets. The following day, Edward went in for an electric treatment on his leg, which had become part of his routine. Some Estonians arrived at the ward, and they stayed up late at night telling war stories, drinking, and even some danced. On Sunday, April 11th, Edward was visited by two doctors who examined his wound. It turned septic. They had to operate again. From this point, Edward only logs a couple entries of little note, and his journal entries disappear until Thursday, July 22, 1943, when he wrote, Again, it is my son Hakey's birthday. I think he is nine years old. Happy birthday to him. For me, my mind is in a bad state. It is evening now. I have eaten three liters of flour soup, waiting for bread. It has not arrived from the warehouse. My body is empty, and my heart is waterish. Tuesday, July 27th, on this date, Edward had been in Russia for two years. He spent the day in the forest picking berries and eating his fill. Edward didn't log another entry in his diary until Monday, January 3rd, 1944. Today, I was officially released from the hospital. I joined what was called the Minders Company, which was a working company for men unfit to fight. The company was being housed directly outside the hospital grounds in a tent. Edward worked in the area for the hospital. On January 20th, he was able to take a sauna, which got rid of lice problems that he had developed. And on the following day, Edward noticed that his leg had turned septic again. He again started to feel terrible. Over the following day, Edward's leg swelled up and they had to operate again. After the operation, the wound was rebandaged and Edward noted that his leg looked like it was rotting away. On January 28th, he ate some bread that he had hidden away just like a fox to survive. Here is a part I don't understand. Just as Edward appeared to be very ill, a few days later, he writes, I have been in front of the committee. They said that I was ready to march. I have been given a hospital discharge note. Once again, I am in the minders' company. During the first weeks of February 1944, Edward and his company spent their time loading and unloading trains, as the front lines were moving rapidly. Edward was able to work despite the pain and the limp. Sunday, February 6th, Edward writes, The Red Army, at the moment, is clearing Estonia. Our division is going home to help clean out well. Sunday morning, it's freezing outside. At 6 p.m., still bitter cold. At 10 p.m., we are setting off. On Saturday, February 19th, Edward writes, I am sure that it is Yadya's birthday, his pet name for Yadviga. I am sending her happy birthday. Today I was discharged from the Minder's Commando Unit. In other words, I am fit to fight again. This means I will have to go through hell again. Now I am just loitering around. Edward was posted to the 2nd Battalion Special Squadron, and over the following couple weeks, Edward and the men spent their time training. On Sunday, March 4th, 1944, Edward received news that Narva River, an Estonian, had been breached. At this point, Edward had a head cold and was too unwell to celebrate. More news about the Estonian front trickled in over the following week. Narva was being bombed at night. The front lines were at a standstill. Edward could hear again the distant rumble of a cannon fire. The diary goes blank again until Thursday, August 2nd, 1944. There is nothing unusual to report in the couple entries that he made. He mostly wrote about food and work. On Friday, September 8th, Edward received orders that they were going to the Narva Front. The following day, he wrote, the time is 5 a.m. We get up, dress, and head straight for the train station, and our journey starts. Arrive at Oduwasi at 5 p.m. I slept all the way here. Soon we will be at Lake Pepsi. It is about 72 kilometers away, about two to three hour walk. The time is now 11 p.m. We are near home soil at last. An attack has started. The men walked all night in the bitter cold and arrived at Lake Pepsi the following morning at 10 a.m. Edward was feeling sick but the men were allowed to rest throughout the day. The men stayed on the Russian side of the lake for several days, sleeping in abandoned farmhouses. On September 17th, Edward took a small motorboat across Lake Pepsi. He had finally reached Estonian soil. He arrived late at night, and the enemy dropped three bombs nearby. They spent the night in the woods. In the following days, the men marched north towards the front. At this point, we are nearly finished with Edward's diary. From here out, I I will quote directly from the diary. On Thursday, September 21, Edward wrote, Here, start the road to the war zone. Human bodies, horses, broken carts. Everything needed for the front lines is scattered around. Twelve kilometers to the next village. Receive some tinned food cigarettes, tobacco, and a tent coat. I feel as if it's time has turned back. Today we are at Avinurne again. I think the time is five o'clock. Friday, September 23rd, 1944, Edward wrote, At lunchtime, we found out that Tallinn is free. Three times. Hurrah for this day. Today we managed to move forward another 50 kilometers. Saturday, September 24th, happily wrote, At the moment, we are having a holiday. The horses have helped us move forward much faster. Tallinn is still 70 kilometers away. The time is 12 midday. Sunday, September 25th, today we managed more kilometers. We arrived in the evening at Kohila Station near Tallinn. We spent the night in the forest. I had a horse blanket off the cart and an overcoat to, keep, to cover me. It was quite nice to sleep. On Tuesday, 26 September 1944 was Edward's last diary journal and he wrote, We are moving forward to Kurosari. It is 8 a.m. Attack has started over the River Emma. We started to follow with horses and carts to support the front lines. At 12 noon, We began to move across the battlefield. I saw many bodies and wounded men. We kept moving till 1 a.m. and then found a barn to sleep in. This is where the diary ends. Edward did eventually get to Tallinn, but not until October.